This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond Bitcoin Show. Today is October the 5th, 2019. And you got to do, you got to do what this shirt says, don't you? Yeah, I like this shirt. Strong hand. Where is my notes section? Strong hand, unconfiscatable. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Personal responsibility is a new counterculture. Deferral of gratification, conviction, golden age. Strive for greatness, people. Ambition. Avoid mediocrity. Principles over practicality. Okay, solutions over sympathy. We're going to talk about all of this because this is the Beyond Bitcoin show. Yeah, are you expecting this to be a Bitcoin cryptocurrency show? No, it's not going to be that. You're obviously not familiar with the format. Saturday nights are the beyond Bitcoin. I'll talk a lot of a little bit of crypto and Bitcoin, maybe some technology in there too, of course. But this is beyond Bitcoin. We're going to get into health, philosophy, all sorts of interesting topics, and I will answer your questions because this show is live from Baltimore, Maryland. We'll talk about Baltimore a little bit. So get your questions ready. We already have one. You could do a super chat. You can type in Bitcoin Meister. Just get my attention. If you just type in a question, I'm not going to see it without you doing the super chat or uh, just typing in Bitcoin Meister, which changes the color of uh, your types that makes me see it. I want to remind everyone, check out Friday's show, This Week in Bitcoin. This, of course, is the Beyond Bitcoin show, but Friday is this week at Bitcoin and Bitcoin Tina was on. It was a long one. He uh, had a lot to say. Uh, if you like that kind of uh, <laughs> deep dive into Bitcoin, Bitcoin metaphors, he's very positive about Bitcoin. So, hey, check it out. A lot of people enjoyed it. If you can sit through a long show, I know people, they don't have good attention spans anymore. Some people are like, I just want 10 minute shows. Well, it's not, it's a 90 minute show, but, uh, but check it out. Definitely. Okay. Zach said, I don't have a question, but you are a legend. Keep it up. Pound that like button. Dude, thank you. This is what the shirt says. Yeah. This shirt was for, is from Nathan in Perth, Australia. I'm going to be in Sydney, Australia on October 17th. And then Adelaide, Australia on October 24th for about a month. All right. Let's jump into the show. Let me just see one thing. All right, you can still see that it says pound that like button there. Real, real. Hey, you like this scenery? Like these fancy sets and graphics here? We're going to talk about fancy sets and graphics in a second. All right. Got a big day ahead of me tomorrow. I'm going to talk about that also. So there are all sorts of hidden costs when you're trying to fit in. Just you got to take a moment and think about what you're spending. What, what am I buying? And what are the hidden costs that really aren't so hidden? So here is a tweet from, from Ramit. When I used to own a car in San Francisco, my monthly payment was $350. When I factored in all costs, gas, parking, insurance, etc., it actually cost me $1,000 a month. $350 a month to $1,000 a month. Is it any surprise most Americans have no idea how much their houses actually cost them. That is a great extrapolation right there, dude. People try to fit in with great cars. 
they think they're going to be able to get some uh uh some of the finer uh the fairer uh sex out there but uh it probably won't uh it's it's unfortunate if if you're so superficial some people they're going to judge you by your car that's about fitting in but they cost a lot of money but some people are going oh, my payments are only a 350 a month no it's more well take that uh, it, scale that up to housing people want the biggest and best house and they say well my mortgage payments only a thousand or whatever it is i don't know but they don't take into account the insurance the maintenance cost the lawsuits <laughs> the the uh the ground rent who knows what else might might come so there, there, there's certain expectations in mainstream society. You got to have the car. You got to have the house. Take a few seconds and go over all the expenses that are involved. Owning and first of all, a, a car isn't even an asset. I mean, that loses value immediately. At least a, a house is an asset. But you, you got to go over the tax situation and um, how much of your mortgage is pure interest. Hey. It's uh, a lot of people. I know it sounds real simple. It's it's a you if you do the if you really do this cost analysis with your car, with your house, you you might say oh, it's it's cheaper to rent. It's cheaper just to travel around from one Airbnb to another all around the world. Live in some low cost uh, destinations. Well, it, and again, that's you could you, that that option which I do. Uh, you can only do that if you work for yourself, of course. So. If you're in the Bitcoin overlay, pound that like button. All right. So hidden cost all around you. So I, I spoke about Fridays at the beginning of the show because Friday is this week in Bitcoin. And I just uh, spoke about cars. Now I hate cars. I don't own a car. Um, they are a tremendous waste of money. But when I'm in Baltimore and I have to uh, say the Kaddish at synagogue, uh, every day I have to use a car, unfortunately. So on Friday <laughs> I was driving and I, I, there's just not as much traffic on Fridays. There's not, an, there's not as not as much traffic on the web on Fridays either. So in, in the virtual world and in the, the physical world, people are not working because <laughs> like it or not, so many people, their jobs, they're just all their so-called jobs, government jobs. Uh, they're at, on the web all day. Web traffic it goes down during the weekend, of course, because people are not – that people should be working at work. They shouldn't be uh, playing around on the web uh, or even learning on the web. They should be doing their work, actually. But this is the way. And Friday, it, it starts on Friday. People take off on Friday from work. And this is the golden age we're, we're living in. Everyone complains, complains. Life is so hard. But so it, – it's – Check out the numbers. Check out the streets. There are not people are not working on Friday. Now, plenty of people are working, but there's a substantial amount of people that are not working on Friday that it can can, can afford not to, or maybe they can't afford. They just don't feel like working. They don't have to work there. So, it, we we were once in an age where people had to work. I mean, they had to dig ditches, plant their own food. It was horrifying. Life was. Terrible. And we're going to go to a Sam Harris a podcast in a second that was talking about that. And now we're at a stage in society where large numbers of people just don't even work on Fridays anymore. It's a golden age, baby. This is the beginning. We'll get to that four-day week 
four-day work week. We'll get to that four-day work week. Hey, and I'm not encouraging it either. If you if you want to stay ahead of the game, work five days a week now so you won't have to work any days of the week when you're uh, 45. Pound that like button. Okay. But we're, we're in an age where people are very much willing to take Fridays off. So that's the way you can stay ahead of people. But if you'd like, I mean – Right now, if you if you don't want to work Fridays, looks like you don't have to work Fridays at, at a lot of at a lot of jobs. Uh, okay, what is this here? Seven year auto loan. America's middle class can't afford its cars. Oh God! Inexpensive and generous financing is putting consumers deep in debt. Okay, so this is a hidden cost of uh, fitting in. Uh, America still Americans still want their cars that they can't afford. So they're going into great debt, taking out seven-year loans on cars and again, playing unnecessary interest. They're paying all this interest on their car loans, and then they say they're poor. Well, you didn't have to have the darn car. You didn't have to have that $80,000 car, dude, okay? but let's. So let's, let's hear about this. Walk into an auto dealership these days, and you might walk out with a seven-year car loan. That means monthly payments that last well past when the brake pads give out and potentially beyond when the car gets traded in for a new one. About a third of auto loans for new vehicles taken in the first half of 2019 had terms of longer than six years. A third, according to credit reporting firm Experian PLC. A decade ago, that number was less than 10%. So. The cars are getting more expensive. New cars are getting more expensive because they can, because they know that people are going into greater debt. People are trying to fit in more and more. They'll be, they're willing to pay more and more for these new cars. You, again, I don't own a car. You, you can live in a city. You can run places, walk places. Then if I guess if you need a car, you get an Uber or something like that. Uh, the, the owning the latest and greatest model car. I mean, that's the old paradigm, dude. That's the old. Why don't you buy yourself some gold if you want to buy a car? I mean, that, that's living in the past and use a fax machine. <laughs> now, I, again, if, if you're already super wealthy, you don't need to take a seven or if you're already wealthy, you don't need a seven year loan on a car. Okay. You buy the car straight up and then you get to just show to your, your friends this awesome car that you, your Tesla or whatever that you get for your, your father or your mother or whatever. Um, for me, one day, you know, when I'm, uh, I might just, no, I, I, I've talked about this on the show before. I want to get the, uh, the golden, uh, 1970, whatever, 19, it was a 1977, uh, Rockford, uh, Firebird. <laughs> Those things are used. They're like only $8,000. Wouldn't have to go into debt for that. Uh, but that's more of a collect. That's more of a toy, right? We're talking about $50,000 cars here. Not, hey, and if you need a car, get a used car. It's cheaper. You don't have to. All right. I'm giving you tips that should be common, common sense. But no, people think they need to fit in. I mean, freaking Scott Adams even. He, he says, you know, he gives some good tips. But he, he says, you know, women judge you by the car you have. You don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that woman. He is, he could be a C-U-C-K. He really can be. He really can be. You know, trying to, uh, he values part of his wealth in, in women. You don't need to do that. All right. Death Metal says, how often do you run? I'm doing Tough Mudder and Ultra Marathon. 
I run uh, 20 miles a week. So uh, four, four or five times a week. No, five. I mean, lately it's been five, definitely five times a week, but uh, just so it adds up to 20. And then once um, I also do uh, interval training once a week. So that's uh, 15, uh, 70 yard sprints as, as fast as I can. Uh, you'd take like 30 second, 45 second breaks in between each one. Uh, but you, you should, most people do only do it with eight sprints. I've gotten up to 15. Uh, Has McCook says pound and Has McCook. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you soon, man. Has is in Sydney, Australia, of course. And I will see him starting the 17th or if I don't see him till the 18th, whenever I'll be in his city on the 17th. And, uh, he's got things planned for me, man. I'm, I'm meeting people. I'm going to events. I'm speaking at events. Uh, who knows? He's telling me the whole thing. I'll keep all you, all the people in Sydney. You're going to see me. Okay. You're going to see me. It's going to be fun. They're going to be events. Um, in your opinion, is biking as good as running? I've been, uh, it's, it's good, Zach. It's, it's a good thing to do. I don't bike. Um, <laughs> I had friends, you know, a few years ago when I was, uh, in Baltimore all the time. I knew I had some hipster friends. Um, hipsters love to ride their bikes in Baltimore. And uh, quite a few of them, including female hipsters that I knew had, had been hit by cars. <laughs> so that, uh, I think, forever turned me out off to even wanting to try to bike. Swimming is really good, too. I, I will, if God forbid anything ever, you know, my legs ever started hurting, God forbid, and they, they don't, I, I would swim. As a youth, I love to go swimming. I, I don't go swimming anymore. I haven't been swimming I haven't been in a pool since what was that? 20 October of 2017, so 2 years ago. But as a teenager, I would swim uh, during the summer every almost every day. I, I love to go swimming. I taught myself how to swim. Um that's very good for you. Uh and Hass said he'll pick me up for the airport. Wow, that's very generous of you, Hass. We, we we will talk about that. Thank you, man. I get in kind of early. Uh just wanted to say it's like 8 a.m. or something like. Well, we'll we'll speak about it offline. But that's thank you so much, Hass. That that would be that would be cool. I, I'll hang out with you starting then, man. Starting the early hours, whatever you want to do. And you don't have to pick me up, man. It's very, very nice. Wow, so many nice people all over the world. Um, and that's part of the thing. Part of the conviction. Part of my system is doing a new show every day. And some people are like, well, what's the point of doing that? You know, uh, you know, you, you've already got a lot of Bitcoin or whatever, Adam. You're there's something to talk about every day. Well, this is the system. You, what's it? What's it going to get me? What's I, What's my goal? What's my? It's it's systems over goal. The system is to keep on doing the sh- do the new show every day, do a show every day. And what does it get me? It gets me friends all over this planet. Okay, there are people that enjoy the conviction. They enjoy the show. Um, was it my goal to get friends all over this planet? No, it wasn't my goal. But it's it's an awesome benefit to to the system to the system so scott adams is correct about uh systems over goals uh you might have some goal um but don't fixate on it create a system where you're going to uh in engage in activities that will uh circle around perhaps that goal or or, or a bigger theme and you're going to hit a you're just going to hit upon so many good things if you stick to the system that you, the productive system that you create. So yeah, my new show every day, I'm meeting people all over the world because of it. People are picking me up from airports in Australia because of it. It's, it's great. And, um, yeah. It, and who knows what else this show, this show has brought me a lot over the year, the new show over the years. 
uh, I've learned so much. You know, there's a to prepare for the shows. I have to read um, and just stay up to date with everything. And it, you know, it it, it creates brain exercise uh, for, for me. <laughs> Keeps me fresh. And this show, the Saturday show, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, Keeps me up uh, up to date with all sorts of current events beyond Bitcoin, and share and I get to share uh, ways of different ways of life, and I get to refine my way of life when I do this show. Uh, bike seats lower your sperm count, says Max X. That actually is true, I've heard. Um, but are you trying to have a kid? If you're trying to have a kid, then stop riding the bike. There, there you go. It, it, I think you recover. Your sperm count quite uh, quite fast. Another thing, I mean, some of the people in this on the show that are asking questions about bikes or whatever, they're in their twenties. All right, they, whatever they ride the bike for a while, their sperm count goes down by a little bit. They stop. Their sperm count will be way more than enough uh, soon after. So maybe you want to. Some dudes that aren't correctly protecting themselves, maybe they want to lower their sperm count. <laughs> Protect yourselves correctly, guys. It's uh, big, be, because of uh, big governments all over the world, you can get free. Uh, uh, I don't want to say I don't want to say the word pres preservativos uh, everywhere, basically in any major Western city. Your videos are great, man. I watch it from Dubai, says Death Metal, mostly at two X while on the treadmill. Well, Death Metal, I, you know, I, it's I just said. Most major cities around the world, you'll be able to get yourselves free uh, condoms. And uh, that's a major city you probably cannot get free condoms in. <laughs> but that exactly isn't a Western city. It's like, well, it, it is what it is. Dubai is a very modern city. But is it a Western city? <laughs> All right. Benson says, laugh out loud. Who cares? Who cares about? I, I think he was something about the ladies I was saying there. All right. Uh, pound it says house. Oh, I already said that. Um, but is biking as good as running? Uh, you have to bike. Like if you bike a mile, that isn't as good as running a mile, but, um, but it's easier to bike a mile than run a mile. Although maybe if you go, you make it really hard, like go up some, uh, San Francisco street. If you're biking on the streets of San Francisco going up or on the streets of Seattle going up, that's a pain. God, I remember when I was in Seattle, uh, I mean, whatever, it was a little over a year ago. And running up to Queen Anne, that neighborhood, running up that hill, man, that was, and I had food in my hand. I had, I had gotten some uh, avocados. I like those avocados so much that I get them at the bottom of the hill on Queen Anne at that uh, supermarket down there. And then I ran up <laughs> with the freaking avocados in bags. That's a challenge. And it's probably a challenge on a bike too, but whatever, go ride your, uh, Go ride your bike. Uh, ride your bike ten miles. That's good as one mile, I guess. I don't know what the the correlation is there. Okay, you guys just got me off on a health uh, tangent there. I do love avocados though. And when I was in Israel, they were just getting back into season again, so I was getting more of them. Um, but here in America, yeah, you can get them all the time. Um, what? And I've had some in America. They're different in Israel. You know, I really love the <laughs> avocados in. Um, South Africa, they were different. They were they were very good, from what I recall. Uh, but they're also seasonal. So okay, uh, where are we? Seven year auto lo loan. 
Okay, we're going to talk about the Baltimore, uh, a story from the Baltimore Sun. And by the way, I know that Josh had a question way at the beginning. I, I put it at the end. So, Josh, I'm going to answer your question at the end. Uh, the Democrats should be giving out free vasectomies, Zach said. Well, um, I, I will say this. That that could be more effective uh it could be than some of the, the programs that are out there right now, but I, I, I'm not in the government programs. Uh, but we, we do have to admit that in, in the inner cities, man, you are in all sorts of cities. You can get condoms for free so easily, man. They're just, and it, it might be an all right investment. If it saves, if it takes away some extra people that shouldn't have been created, it'll save some money. I know that kind of sounds brutal. If it, Another thing, it, it, it'll stop the spread of certain diseases. That That's a huge public uh, health cost, the, the diseases. Um, I, I'll tell a funny story, actually. <sighs> uh, so everybody knows that I am cheap. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so uh, whenever it was with one of my girlfriends, I don't even know if I had a girlfriend at the time, but I was obviously, uh, I needed some condoms. And um, so I lived on, in Reservoir Hill in, in Baltimore City. So, I mean, I would, I needed some free condoms. So I went to the, the health clinic on North Avenue, which is also like an STD clinic. <laughs> and um, it's right near where the, if you look, if you go over the 2015 riots they had in Baltimore, it was right where the, some of the major parts of the riots took place, where this health clinic is. Right near where they burnt down the CVS. It was like right across the street from there on North Avenue. Anyway, I go into the, the health clinic there to get the free condoms. And they gave me the tuxedo condoms, the, the black condoms, actually. <laughs> and I, I remember that specifically. Uh, but the other thing I remember, unfortunately, um, when I'm getting the condoms at the at the front desk or the side desk, whatever it was, the woman's handing me a bunch of tuxedo condoms. Uh, I there's there's a bunch of people waiting in the waiting area, and those dudes did not look happy at all uh, because that's where they did the STT, STD testing right there. Man, it was not. It was not a good sight. I, mean, I was happy <laughs> they, they were wishing they had gotten those uh, uh, those tuxedo condoms before they had done whatever the heck they had done to be sitting in that uh, in that waiting area. I'll never, I'll never forget that. Uh, but uh, and yeah, I was the only white guy in there. Obviously, I mean the neighborhood is is a hundred percent. Well, not a hundred, but I lived in the neighborhood, so it wasn't a hundred percent African American, but. Uh, it was quite so. I, most white guys would not would, would not venture. Most white guys would not venture on that part of North Avenue. I, I will tell you that. And you know that's whatever. No, I'm not saying you have to do something crazy like that or anything. It wasn't that crazy, but uh, all right. Th there's a little personal story for you. The uh, the when Adam went into, and I think I actually went there another time too to get some free condom. I have never paid for a condom in my life. Never, never. Because in college they they you could get them for free and everything. I've never paid for condoms. And then there was something, what, what, <laughs> I had another thing you could, you could, there was one, at one point you could sign up on the Trojan website and get a mail to you, free samples mailed to you. So yeah, the, what they would give out, the Baltimore city would give up, uh, lifestyles. I guess those were the tuxedo ones for the lifestyles and Durex and one, and I think it was the Durex ones would rip. I had a rip three different times on me. Don't pound that like button when I was. Anyway, okay, never mind. It was, yeah, the Dorex ripped three times. Three times. Whatever, free is free. <laughs> That's what you get. So there is, there definitely is a different, there are different qualities in, in the uh, 
quality levels in the condoms. The uh, the, the the Trojan ones probably are uh, more reliable. Uh, but the lifestyle ones never gave me any problems. I don't think they did. The lifestyle sometimes they were banana flavored. You could smell them. It's ridiculous. All right, all right. Enough, 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 enough. Okay. <laughs> This is the Beyond Bitcoin show. There's some health tips for you. You guys can get free condoms wherever, um, in any major city. Uh, Death Metal says a, de a debate between in, in the United States, any major city in the United States, a debate between and maybe not Salt Lake City. Well, probably some. No, 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 no. You, you could probably get them in Salt Lake City. A debate between Andreas Antonopoulos versus Dr. Nouriel Rubini be a great thing, both for crypto and non-crypto space. You're, and I don't know if it would be. Well, it wouldn't be a great thing for the crypto space, okay? We, <laughs> If you're already in Bitcoin, you don't really need another... What are you going to learn from these debates? Just watch Andreas's shows. Now, for the non-crypto space, if for some reason Nuri, Nuriel Rabini's got a lot of fans that don't know anything about Bitcoin, and they like to follow Nuriel Rabini a lot, and they see, oh, he's he's in a debate. I'd like to see him in this debate. And then they see Andreas is the one debating him. Then, yeah, that would be it. Would be a good way to get those people into it. But are they going? If they're such big fans of Nouriel Rubini that they love to to follow his debates, are they more likely? Are they likely to change their mind because he's in a debate with Andreas? Who knows? So I am not a fan of debates in the crypto space. I I think it. So many of them become played out so. Uh, so soon, um, you know, I went through the whole thing with Tone. You know, I, I love Tone and everything, but he was in all these steam. You guys don't even remember this. In 2016, he was in these steam debates about steam. It it was it jumped the shark so fast. Um, and you know, we still have these Bcash versus Bitcoin debates. What's the point of it? It's so – some people just love debates for the sake of debating. They like, like just like a battle. They're like, yeah, my guy won. They're living through these. I've discussed this before. If you're living through the debaters and you're just getting a high out of them winning, it's it's really a waste of your time. It really is. Now, if there's a debate you've learned something from, that's cool. That's cool. But some of these debates in the crypto space, if you're gonna, if you're already a Bitcoin fan and you're seeing Andreas debate a no coiner, what are you learning? You already love Bitcoin, man. You're already in Bitcoin. You don't need Andreas to convince. You're saying that the no corner is even more silly than you thought he was originally. That's not really a great, uh, a momentous uh, change in uh, your knowledge there. Okay. But if for, but death metal, it, it, it would be interesting for the non for the non crypto people. I think that's uh, I think that would be that would get some people in. But it, I wouldn't watch it. I don't watch any of these debates. I I, I don't. I don't want. I do watch uh, the the learning when a Andreas. I love his talks. He always has like a new perspective on Bitcoin, and I gain information that I share with you guys. New sayings. I see. I think in his latest video that I haven't watched yet, he says something like, "Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin." Now I did not make that up, by the way, but I do say it a lot. Uh, I don't. I don't even know where I originally got it from. But that's the thing. You from discussion from uh, these speeches that some of the big Bitcoin guys give, uh, you get new sayings, and uh, sayings are good, and they're ways of uh, keeping people's hands strong or getting people's hands stronger. Uh, but debates, I don't think they make uh, people's hands stronger. I, I, I don't. I don't. 
Um, all right. I Living vicariously is what I meant to say. I, I just don't like any, any uh, endeavor that leads people down a path where they they might like live vicariously through other people. You got to live your own life, people. Live your own life. Okay, Baltimore. This is from the Baltimore Sun. Oh, wow. Baltimore County, which is not Baltimore City. Baltimore City is different than Baltimore County. Baltimore County is the suburbs. Let's leave it at that. Baltimore County to unveil plan requiring landlords to accept tenants with subsidized housing vouchers. The proposed bill would make it illegal for landlords to refuse rent to someone based on their source of income, including tenants who want to use federal housing vouchers. So they're saying that you can't reject Section 8, which I think is terrible. I think you should be able to, to reject Section 8. You shouldn't... Again, Section 8 people have no incentive to, to be good tenants at all. And so many of that I've seen in Baltimore City they're horrible tenants. Most of them are horrible tenants. They tear everything apart. So you say you're, you're, you're biased against Section 8 people. Why can't someone be biased? Okay. It's their property, property rights, individual property rights. So Baltimore County wants to get rid of people's individual property rights and say, no, you can't re reject people that are using Section 8 vouchers. And uh, Baltimore City obviously already has that rule, I believe. Uh, but if I was, a, and again, this is what people say, you know, being a landlord is so easy. Being a landlord, the government has all these ridiculous rules. It's not fun. It's not good to have Section 8 people rip up your whole house, okay? It's your house. It's an incredible expense when they rip it all off. And they don't care because well, it's not like they were paying the rent. It's, they, they could just, again, move to another place with their section. There's no incentive, no incentive for them to be good tenants at all. It's a government program gone wild, and you should be able to opt opt out of a government program, not have anything to do with this government program. You're already funding the government program with your taxes. Why do you have to allow this uh, government program into your own property and property rights? And I, I, I have said, because I, I'm of the libertarian mindset on this, the free market mindset, people should be able to deny me if they don't want to rent to me because of my religion, they shouldn't be, they shouldn't, they should have the right to not rent to me. If they don't like people of my religion, but then, okay, good. I'll go to a place that then the, uh, houses will be out there that will rent to want, want to rent to people like me. Okay. There's, if you reject, and there are plenty of people that've got nads of steel. Okay. That can deal with the section eighters. Okay. They can deal with the section eighters. So they will, they'll accept them. They will accept them. But people should have the right to not accept them because it is it is quite a, a hardship to, to accept uh, most section eight people into your house, into your, uh, and it is your house. You might not live there, uh, but you might intend to live there one day. Why have all that damage? And some of you are saying, what is this section eight thing? If you don't know what it is, God bless you that you don't know what it is. It's it's you should be thrilled that you have no idea what it is. <laughs> to to be around it is is horrible. To understand what it is is just is, is a disgrace. All right. Um, now uh, pound that liking like button. Here is a a tweet. But uh, for who's this? Anton Antonio GM has this to say. People in those 
okay, people in the old times had convictions. We moderns only have opinions. And if it needs more than a mere, and it needs more than a mere opinion to erect a Gothic cathedral, consider that most cathedral builders broke ground knowing only their grandchildren might ever see the finished structure. So long-term thinking takes conviction. And in this day and age, we there's not a lot of people with conviction. There are a lot of people with opinions, though. Um, and if you've got an opinion, uh, if you just have a bunch of opinions and no conviction, you're not going to be able to accomplish anything, <laughs> really. Um, but this, so that's the point of that tweet. I found it to be a good tweet. Link to below. Retweet it. Pound that like button. Uh, everything I talk about is linked to below. Benedict Evans has this to say. Worth remembering, when Netscape launched, there were only 100 million or so PCs on Earth, and three-quarters three were in offices. There were only 25 million consumer PCs on the entire planet. Now there are 4 billion smartphones, <laughs> and 4 million are sold every day. So I'm not a big fan of phones, but I am a big fan of the golden age. And wow. And, and this is, this is how life has changed in the last what 24 years or whatever, in terms of technology being in the hands of so many people. And this is why Bitcoin uh, can, can really spread at a, at a, a faster rate than the internet did. Um, because so many people have the technology in their hands. Uh, compared to night was we do compare bitcoin a lot to you know the internet in 1995 but uh th we we've got the technology out there in everybody's hands already where bitcoin could spread really fast uh the, the the web could not spread as fast because people didn't have the computers yet all right john matonis says uh i wait was i going to talk about this this post office thing I'll save this for next time. I think I linked to it. I don't think I had it in the title. No, I didn't talk. Okay. So John Matonis said, prosperity is caused by economic freedom. And economic freedom is caused by monetary freedom. Good, good line of thinking there. So with monetary freedom, freedom true monetary freedom, uh, Facebook would be allowed to create its own cryptocurrency. And... Uh, Anyone would be able to do their own ICO. Uh, so we're, we're not exactly at true monetary freedom. And that's why I love, I, I say, this is where the big boys play. Let, uh, let people, uh, let people create uh, their own, you know, I know Bitcoin is the big winner. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. One Bitcoin is one Bitcoin, but people want to create their own altcoins. People want to do their own ICOs. More, more power to them. That is monetary freedom. That is that would translate to more economic freedom and more prosperity, right there. Golden age tweet here. What is this? The great uncoupling with Andrew McAfee. This is a uh, what's his face? Uh, did the Sam Harris podcast here? I link to it below. Now he gets into taxes, uh, carbon taxes and stuff and, uh, and global warming. And I don't like that, but one thing that the guest and Sam Harris, uh, 
talk about in this great uncoupling, it's in terms of uh, when we were making progress, the Industrial Revolution involved using a lot of natural resources, a lot of pollution. uh, And now, because of computers, progress is it's it, you don't use as many resources and it's faster and it's much more efficient. So we have really, it, it's all about this golden age that I keep talking about. So we're not going to have to destroy the environment and, uh, you know, China and India or, or India and uh, Nigeria more specifically, they're not going to have to go through all the nasty uh, smoke filled cities that we had to, go through to industrialize. Okay. Computers have sped up the process, made it more efficient, made it more cleaner and, uh, are, are bringing advancements at a more efficient and faster rate than, and than previously, uh, ever dreamed we ever dreamed of. So, uh, I, I enjoyed that part of the show. Uh, but then when they start getting into the carbon tax, but yeah, so Sam Harris is on in, in a, he, I don't agree with him on a lot of things, but this was a good show. Sometimes you have to watch different shows. It, it was interesting. It's linked to below. Uh, and who is Jeet has a tweet. Jeet's been on the show before, of course. This week in Bitcoin show he's been on. Most people's salaries rise literally, literally, but their social ambitions rise exponentially. Some folks don't understand that math. Income if your income is $350,000 a year and your savings is 1,500 a year, he says, reject mainstream society or they will put you on a hedonic treadmill for the rest of your life and never let you off. So the hedonic treadmill that he's referring to, and I've been alluding to throughout the, the show is, you know, fitting in is overrated. You're making 350K you, you assume the person, the family is rich, but they are trying to fit in and they only are able to save 1,500 a year. And so they are under constant stress to fit in the, 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 whoever's making money in the family has to work harder and harder. Are they going to have a retirement savings? Or are they going to have to work until they're 80 years old? Uh, just because they're fitting in the hedonic treadmill. I like that a lot. People, you don't have to earn $350,000 a year. You can earn $25,000 a year. You're putting 12,000 of it away somehow. You're doing better than that couple, all right? Because you're not trying to fit in. There are different lifestyles out there besides the mainstream 80%ers lifestyle. You can invent your own lifestyle, discover your own lifestyle, live in the Bitcoin overlay. Just it's it's not about how much you make. It's about you know, how much you save, how, much, uh, how efficient you are with your resources. Just like uh, a, as a nation now, as I just said before, we are much more efficient with our resources and our businesses are much more efficient with their resources because of technology and it's helping, uh, uh, industrial take us to whole new levels of industrialization. All right. Uh, and technology. Molyneux has a video. Stefan Molyneux has a video out there where he, he had one where he says, you know, he's, his podcast haven't been doing as well lately. He asked for people's advice. And then in the next show, he talks about the type of advice people gave him. Now, some people gave him good advice, but there were some people that, I mean, it's just so typical of YouTube. First of all, you can learn a lot from Molyneux. Now, I don't agree with him all the time. 
I don't watch him at all. I'm always doing something. I don't look at his face at all. I don't never see his darn face. I don't need to see anything. We, I, I treat it as like a radio program and I'm playing it at two X also. I'm trying, but the, the, the advice that he got, and this is part of the reason he isn't doing as well as he used to. They're like, you need better graphics. I don't, I can't just look at your head all day. Uh, <laughs> it's not a fashion show people. It's not, but that's the thing. He is not getting as many 80 percenter clicks as he used to. Okay. Now there's a, he's not being delivered to the 80 percenters and he wants to be delivered to the 80 percenters, but that's just not the way YouTube works anymore. YouTube does not like him. They don't, they, he doesn't fit their algorithm. Okay. He doesn't do the things that get you shown to the 80 percenter. Plus he is blacklisted. That's what I'm, he definitely is blacklisted. That That's. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that, but I mean, that's you, that's what YouTube does. But my commentary is on, on some of the, the so-called advice that he was given. It's just so superficial that, and people are like, yeah, I stopped watching your show because I was tired of seeing your big head. They said, these people are going to be nothing in life <laughs> that say things like that. And again, I do not agree with this dude on a lot of things, but if you're, if you're judging the guy on his big head, that he's bald, that you're not, you, it's not, it's not the content of what he's saying, but that he's bald, that you're tired of watching him because he's bald. And this is the way of 80 percenters. So if you don't think like that, you're one step ahead of the game. If you, if you, if you're not, uh, if you're into learning instead of judging people because they're bald, you're, you're, you're doing well. You're a 20 percenter, man, or you're well on your way to being one. Uh, all right. Josh Kohout, as I alluded to before, my Nebraskan friend, he's got a question. Hey, what the heck happened to my um God? Better be online still. All right. Um, like that smash button, someone said. Pound that like button. All right, so let's go to let's go to look what the shirt says. Look what the shirt says. Do what the shirt says. All right. Um, oh my god, this show has been on for 42 minutes. We're, we're, we're close to the end, people. Bear with me. I got to shave and shower. And I'm going to tell you why I got to do that in a second. Uh, how to deal. This is what Josh says. Thank you for the super chat, Josh. And the guys who did the super chat yesterday, thanks to you guys. I'll mention you guys on Sunday. How to deal with breakups in a guy's late 30s. Okay, man. This is how you deal with breakups in your late 30s. You got to stop valuing your wealth in ladies, first of all. But. So what? You lost a lady. Your best years in terms of productivity. And I'm not talking about your best years in terms of uh, your hair or your best <laughs> years in terms of your looks per se. Uh, but in terms of your, your productivity are still ahead of you, man. Okay. Your brain is as sharp as ever. You're going to be able to be so productive in life. Uh, so you don't need a woman to reassure you. You don't need that company. Okay. You use your head to create new systems, to create new projects, okay? You are at the peak of your life in terms of productivity in, in your late 30s, into your 40s, who knows, into your 50s. Um, so don't worry about your breakup. Think of it in the in the bigger perspective of life as a whole. Yeah, we have down, socially, we can have downers sometimes, okay? You can lose a friend. Um, you can lose a loved one, which is, is, is definitely hard to do. Um, and, but you still have your health, 
And you still, again, if you're in your late, you, you specifically said late 30s. So what you're trying to get in at, I think, is that some guys are in the late 30s. They had a long-term girlfriend. They just lost her. They're like, oh, how am I ever going to get another girlfriend? Oh, and they fixate on that. Don't fixate on that. Be productive. Be get some Gain some real wealth. And you're going to meet a lot of people. And guess what? If you care so much about the ladies and you got a lot of wealth, they will like you when you're 45 and you're bald, if you're a freaking millionaire. Okay. So, uh, don't, 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 don't worry about it. Think of it in the productivity, uh, perspective. Think just beyond valuing your wealth in the ladies. You you'll be able to get another lady one way or the other. If you choose to, you don't have to have one. You don't have to have a lady to be happy. That's another thing to remember. Um, okay. So, so this guy, Professor Galloway, reminded us, he's, he tweeted this on October 2nd, 90 days left in this decade. Pound that like button. Unbelievable, guys. We're less than 90 days away from the 2020s. That is awesome. That alone should get you excited if you just broke up with your girlfriend or whatever. Uh, okay. I'll save this for next time. Also, this foreign aid thing. All right. Now, the personal part. I, we're at the end of the show, and I just wanted to tell everyone real quick what you know. I, I, I've I've kind of alluded to. There's a lot I got to do. This you know the I'm I'm in Baltimore for what less than three weeks here, and I had to do Rosh Hashanah. I had to do Yom. I'm going to do Yom Kippur. Um, the end. I have to say Kaddish every day, and that's going to actually come to an end. Um, because the uh, passing of my father will have been 11 months away, uh, and you stop saying the Kaddish after 11 Hebrew months. Um, but tomorrow is another thing. Um, it's the unveiling of my father's gravestone tomorrow. Um, so my family is going to ga gather at the graveyard, and we'll rip off a cloth, and then we will see the um, – and this is what Jewish people do. They have an un a stone unveiling. You don't – when you – when you bury the person, there isn't a stone. Um, it's unmarked for a, a while. And then within um, the mourning period, which will end pretty soon for me, um, you do the, you, you unveil the stone, you get the stone. So I, we're going to do that tomorrow. That is another reason um, why I am back in Baltimore. And um, so that is why I'm showering and shaving. I'm going to look real nice. Uh, tomorrow, and it should be um, it should be interesting to 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 see the stone in person, and um, it will mark uh, some progress in, in in the entire process. This um, very unexpected uh, thing that happened uh, back on November the twentieth. Uh, so again, things things happen in life, and then you go through all sorts of processes afterwards. And it has, I've really. Uh, my life has definitely changed in a lot of positive ways since then. You've, you've got to take, you got to have a positive outlook. Um, when something sad like that happens, I've met all sorts of people. I think I've become more disciplined in, uh, many aspects of my life and I have a different perspective on life, uh, and on, on family. And I, I'm glad I've been able to share parts of uh, this experience with all of you. Um, so I just wanted to, uh, some people have asked uh, about, uh, you know, how, how you're doing, Adam, with that. And since it's the Beyond Bitcoin show, I'm going to tell you how I'm doing. It, it has, tomorrow is, is, is definitely a big day in this, um, in this whole process. There's some finality to it, I guess. 
um, once you, you see the stone. And uh, it's, it's a reminder uh, that uh, he is not among us anymore. Uh, but life does go on, so it will it will be interesting to see it. And I think I'll uh, um, I'll uh, I'll show I'll I'll post a picture of it. I actually the, the people who created the stone uh, the the plaque uh, they they have a, a I'm not going to take a picture at the grave. <laughs> I'm not going to take pictures tomorrow or anything like that. But there are pictures of it already um, uh, from the professionals who made it. So uh, I'll probably share that. Uh, in a thumbnail or something. So every, as a dedication to my father, of course. And so all of you can see uh, what one of these, uh, what a, what a Jewish gravestone can look like. They, they, they do look, a, there's no set way they all look. Um, his will have his Hebrew name on it and uh, have some English words on it and, and, and such. And uh, it's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's not fancy or anything like that. No fancy uh, sets or graphics. I don't want, I wouldn't want mine to be fancy either. Uh, it's just uh, it's it's very respectful. It's very very nice. I think. All right, everyone, that's it. I am Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Remember to subscribe to this channel, like this video, share this video. Check out the links below. Pound that like button, bang that bell button, and I am gonna say hi to you guys in the chat in a second. I'm pushing end stream. Bye.